0: David Mollicks, CEO of Bloomer Hall Capital Partners, and you are tuned in to Your Business Matters, a podcast brought to you by Exim Bank Jamaica and hosted by Hennika Watkiss Porter. Your Business Matters brings thought leaders together on thought provoking ideas every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on your favorite podcast app. You have questions, and we are giving you answers.
1: Luxury Beaches countless grains of pure white sand, tranquil breeze and palm trees, our beautiful island Jamaica. Oh, Jamaica. We miss the vibrancy of our tourism product, but hope is on the horizon. At Exim Bank, we know that SMEs in the tourism industry need support to keep this vision alive, to continue building our national legacy, to strengthen one of our country's strongest assets. We also know that in times of adversity, you need financing to keep serving the tourism sector, Our mandate is to help you, so that you can survive, thrive, overcome challenges, and meet your financing needs. Let us help you to build a better future for your business. Ask about our small and medium-sized tourism enterprise loan today. Borrow up to $25 million with interest rates as low as 4.5% and up to 7 years to repay. You can breathe easy, enjoy your progress, and continue contributing to Brand Jamaica. Exim Bank. By helping businesses, we save lives and livelihood.
2: Before we get into today's discussion, Alan Thomas, Manager, Business Origination and Development at Exim Bank, he's here to share about trade credit insurance. Welcome, Alan. Hi, thank you. When we talk about trade credit insurance, what are we talking about?
3: Trade credit insurance is a product provided by the Exim Bank that gives an exporter or a um, local trader who sells on credit the ability to protect his, his receivables. What do I mean by that? For example, you sell you're selling biscuits and or sandals, and you sell it to A shop or a business another business place down the road all right and but you sold those goods on credit you gave them time to pay you you gave them 30 days 60 days so you have no so somebody owes you money but that person could in 30 days or 60 days run into problem and not be able to pay you so what the trade credit insurance does for, for the owner of that trade credit insurance or the owner of that policy, it gives that the owner the, the protection if the person defaults on the payment. So if the payment is not made, you're able after 90 days to make a claim against the policy and be paid up to 80% of the value of that of the amount that you sold to, the, to, to your customer.
2: And is there a minimum and max or maximum that is covered? And what are the premium rates that we're talking about and how are they determined? There is uh,
3: the maximum and minimum. Let us discuss that. Oh, it is determined. All right. When you identify a person that you want to, that you're, that you're asking us to ensure your receivables with, we would now do what we call a, a credit check on that person when the credit check is done a recommendation will come back about the amount of credit that the organization or the over the, the, the reinsurers will be willing to in, to insure meaning that they may decide that they will not insure more than 10,000 US dollars worth of goods they may they may decide that they are not doing more than 100,000 US dollars worth of goods And then that becomes the the limit, the the upper limit of the amount you insure. So anything you declare to the bank, in excess of that would not be covered. But any amount that you sell to that customer within that 100000 that was approved would be fully protected. And in the event that the buyer defaults on that that payment that is due to you, you would be able to make a claim to Exim Bank and we will investigate and pay you.
2: Okay, and and to answer the question now, how are those premium rates uh, determined?
3: Oh, the premium, the premium rate is fairly attractive in that it is six cents out of every hundred dollars. So if you, so it, the, the, if you should use it as a percentage, it's 0.6% okay. of 6%. the face value of the amount that you're selling. So if you're selling, um, let us say, $10,000 worth of goods to... Uh, let us say $1,000 worth of goods to a party, then the coverage on that will basically be a, be $60 for $1,000 worth of coverage. So every $1,000 U.S. worth of goods you sell on credit, then it will cost you 60, uh, 60 cents to cover that. All right, $60, so sixty dollars. Right, sixty dollars right.
2: sounds attractive. So, what kinds of businesses or types of goods or services are covered under this uh, regime?
3: All goods would be covered, and it is when it is and it is so it is can be bought for over for exporters and for the local market. But in most instances, it is the exporter who is usually buying because they are, in most cases they are less. Familiar with the persons that they are selling, they are selling the goods to. But sometimes, even the pandemic that came up recently, let us say you have you were doing business with a customer that you have been doing business with for years. But because of this unforeseen circumstance, this co- this customer could have actually business could have folded, and then you would not be paid. But you, it's not no fault of the customer. I know it's in no intention of the customer why he is not able to, to pay you. Unforeseen circumstances has developed and therefore he's unable to pay. But if your goods were insured when you sold it to this customer, then you would be able to make a claim on the bank. And if it was, you sold $10,000 worth of goods to, 10000 US dollars worth of goods, then you would make a claim for, the, for eight, up to $80,000 would be paid. $8,000 would be paid under the policy.
2: Mm-hmm. And what kind of information do you need to approve a business owner for trade credit insurance at Exim?
3: Typical uh, documents that you would send in when you're opening a bank account, uh, like it's your company's documents. Your so those are the the document be, uh, incorporating documents, a list of your who are your your shareholders and things like that. We would be you would be required to submit to the bank. We will do a proposal for you, and after that proposal is done, then we'll get an approval, and the policy, to take out the policy, will cost you about $12,500. But What what it gives you is the protection, $12,500, I should say, uh, Jamaican dollars. But you could use that policy now to establish credit limits for all of your overseas exports. And that may give you protections for hundreds of thousands of U.S. dollars or tens of thousands of U.S. dollars would be far more than the cost of the policy. Mm
2: -hmm. And finally, working persons go to learn more about uh, the trade credit insurance that Exim Bank offers to business owners. Our website
3: will provide you information about the, the product and you are able to make contact with our business if you go on our website you'll be able to make uh, ask questions on the website and some an officer will contact you to provide you with the information about the policy and make the arrangement for you to get the policy to, to underwrite the policy for you
2: eximbankja.com <laughs> that's it <laughs> All right. So to, to learn more about trade credit insurance from the Exim Bank, we go to EximBankJA.com. That's correct. Thank, so, thank you so much, Alan. Alan Thomas is the Manager of Business Origination and Development at Exim Bank Jamaica. I appreciate you sharing time with me today to share about trade credit insurance. Thank you so much. So welcome to Exim Bank's Your Business Matters. I am your host, Henneka Watkins-Porter. As you know, on the show, we continue to bring you thought leaders together with thought-provoking ideas and methods on business matters to help grow your business. Now, marketing is a tool used to create and maintain demand, relevance, reputation, and competition. From market research to the implementation of marketing strategies, it is clear that marketing is the driving force behind sales in business. Ironically, it is also an area that several businesses struggle in. Between the lack of resources, conceptualizing and creativity issues, absence of quality leads and difficulty locating a marketing strategy that actually increases visibility and attract customers, Some businesses have a hard time executing marketing activities. However, there is a silver lining. There are several techniques that help to attract and sustain a target audience, one of which is psychological strategies. Business moguls argue that emotion sells and and that once you appeal to the deep desires of your target audience, you are guaranteed to win. In a recent issue... Forbes magazine states, consumer psychology is the only constant in a changing retail market. Studies have shown that people are 30 times more likely to try a brand if they believe that the brand will deliver on emotional, functional, and social benefits. Robert Ronsenthal, in an article for Fast Company, noted, The vast majority of marketers are not psychologists, but many successful marketers regularly employ psychology in attracting consumers. When used legally and ethically, psychology, according to Rosenthal, can be used to attract and compel consumers to buy. So the question is, is psychological marketing truly a way to win? Or is there a thin line between psychological marketing and manipulation? Find out in today's episode of Your Business Matters. My guests today are Gabriel Heron. Now, Gabriel is Jampro's VP of Marketing. And I also have with me Dr. Nadia Brown, who is a global sales and sales training expert at the Diane agency. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And let me say that again, Dr. Nadia Brown, global sales and sales training expert at the Diane agency. Welcome lady and gentlemen.
4: <laughs> Hi.
2: Hi.
4: <laughs> Hi yes.
2: Yeah, so it's so good to have you. So let's talk marketing slash sales funnel and the customer journey. Let's hear the lady go first. Go right ahead, Nadia. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I was about to say ladies before a gentleman.
2: I know I right? So, right, just, right. I printed
5: you because I knew you were going there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think you know, Heneca, you made a really good point when you talked about the fine line between and using psychology between influence and manipulation. So, it's definitely something to pay attention to, but When you're looking at um, psychology and leveraging these different um, strategies in your marketing and sales, some things that you want to consider are making it about them. Uh, Salespeople sometimes have a reputation for not listening and being very selfish. And so you want to take the focus off of you and then place that on your buyer, your potential client. And what is it that they need and making sure that you're listening to those cues and really focusing on what it is that they want and they desire. Um, Some other strategies are using social proof. So being able to show that the things that you've done before or your company have done before could potentially work for them as well. Um, I heard you mention uh, connecting emotionally. That's definitely um, a big one is really just touching that emotional center. I feel like sometimes that one can get a little tricky. Um, and how it's been done. I've seen it done well and ethically, I've also seen it done not so well and you know, manipulatively. But what is that heart center or those emotional touch points um, that really help you connect on a deeper level with your your clients or customers to really help them have that emotional connection to your brand? That is one of the things that help drive brand loyalty. So you see sometimes that people are so loyal to a brand that it doesn't even make any logical sense because they've connected so well emotionally. And so those are some of the, the tips and strategies in terms of you know just being able to ethically leverage psychology in your mar- sales and marketing.
2: All right, take it away, Gabriel.
4: Okay, so um, I, 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 I agree with some points, but not all. I, I'll give m- my spiel. And I think it coming more from a marketing side in the sense that, okay, it's very important to, to, to embed your messages in emotions and, and to trigger that connection so that your targeted users, clients, etc., etc., It resonates with them. Very important to ensure that that psychological message that you put out is ethical, it resonates, it connects um, you know, in my day-to-day, it relates to me as an individual. All that is very important. Um, but you also mentioned loyalty. So from, from my perspective now, the brand experience, the message is the first part of the brand experience. So you, you, you've now piqued my interest. So I'm now clued into what this brand is about. I want to find out more about the brand, etc. But another component, in other words, you can't stop at the brand m- m- message. The brand experience, and you mentioned it as well, brand experience is also about showing your credibility, utilizing um, your service journey. So what? how does your service journey incorporate and reflect everything about your brand? So if your brand is about excitement and is about fun, your entire service journey, the colors you choose, the language you use should reflect that type of a service journey. So it's, it's the psychological tricks are important, used in a very ethical way. But to me, that's the first step. You know, there is a Extensive service journey that that encompasses what your brand experience is that has to be delivered as well because that is how you get the loyalty. So, for argument's sake, we let's go back to a, a brand that you know a lot of marketers love this brand, Apple. You mentioned Apple, right? Um, one of the reasons why Apple has been so successful, apart from the brand messages, but it's also the actual software and the and and the, and the devices because the 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 journey itself the experience when they are using the equipment the computer the tablets they they see themselves as a part of or this was years gone by um as a part of that groundbreaking group because you know they came out with the ipod they came out with the iphone that had music in co- so there was always another step Apple was jumping towards. So as a cohort, we were a part of that group. We were a part of that group. So that brand experience was all a part of it. Um, so it's important, yes, to connect, to resonate emotionally um, with our target group. But because we live in such a competitive world when it comes to entertainment, so there's a time when movies and series and, and sitcoms was what were used to entertain us. But social media on a whole captures all of that. So you can't only rely on your ad campaign to be that key point of you know is a, a funny ad or it's an engaging ad more because there are so many other messages across social media that you're competing with to resonate at the end of the day how does your brand stand out amongst 10 other items that you would have seen on social media that you're like oh that was so cute oh that was so compelling you know so the idea is you have to ensure that there's that brand extension of the service journey of the customer, and, and as a salesperson, I know that you recognize this as well, Doctor. But in terms of the sales funnel and how strong your sales funnel is, etc. So I'll, I'll stop there and hand back over. I don't want to, you know, take over the the discussion. It's
2: okay because I'm going to keep you on the cyberspace floor, right? So I want you to, at this point, Gabriel, give us your 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 best points for the um, marketing versus the sales funnel um, aspect of it. Well, the customer journey rather, because that's where you're you are you're more um, tending towards. So give us your best arguments for that. And I'm giving you 90 seconds to do that. And then I'm gonna have I'm audio rebut <laughs> <laughs> what you've just said. So go right ahead.
4: <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So in terms of the the, the customer journey, and, the, and, the, and again, it, it, it re- reinforcing my point I made earlier, there's so many messages out there. And as a brand, how do you stand out? All right? So yes, you need to stand out, you need to have that, that key message that piques a user's interest, very, very important. However, um, the reality is, you have to make your engagement process very easy. So if it's a situation where you put out an ad and, you, and the person is to call you, people don't want to call anymore. They want to click and automatically submit their request and automatically say, so in other words, what is that customer journey? Is it two clicks away, three clicks away? You know, Do I need to download an app? That, that customer journey part of it is extremely important. So no matter how good your message is, you have a thing called fall off rate. So within your sales funnel, how, what percentage is falling off? and what percentage is actually throughput. Now, no matter how great your psychological message is, your ad campaign is, if that that, that customer journey sales funnel and you have high follow-up rates, if the mobile app is not user-friendly, if the navigation is poor, whatever the case may be, that all is a part of the brand experience. And I think I'm over the 90 seconds. Yes, uh, yes, yes,
2: yes. Gura. <laughs> <Time>. <laughs> go right. Time, time.
4: Go ahead, Nadia.
5: <laughs> so I, I, could, um, I can agree with a lot of what Gabriel said in terms of just the overall customer journey. I think the other part to that though is really being able to tell a compelling story and where people can really resonate with that. I think that one of the things that we often overlook from a sales perspective and we're looking at marketing is we feel like if we just put out this message, it will just pull the right people in, um, which is true when it's done well. So you want to make sure you're connecting with the right people so that when you're having these sales conversations, when you're looking to invite people to take that next step, you're also inviting the right people to take the next step. So there's often a lot of um, focus on just getting new people, new people, new people. But how are you connecting and really telling this compelling story where people resonate and connect emotionally, but also just um, in a place of, I want to know more. Because some of that often can over you know, overlook in many cases when you have a deeper connection, some of those missteps in your sales funnel. We don't always get it right on the first go round, but those people that we really connect with. And they're like you know what i'm willing to overlook this piece of it because i want to know more about this agency or this agency has now or company has been able to demonstrate that they can help me solve my problem and that's the big piece in being able to tell a compelling story to be able to demonstrate your um to how your product or service really can help them you know address the things that they either have a problem with or those things that they desire as of course, you're taking them on that journey. Mm-hmm. Yes.
2: All right, good. So the next question I have is: What are some of those psychological tricks that those those predominant ones? Because for you know our audience listening, might be thinking: um, So what are the tricks that these guys are talking about? Right. So kind of mention for us, some of those prominent ones that you've we uh, you perhaps used yourself. <laughs> um, to pull people in and, um, and and why we have to watch carefully the line that we tread.
5: Oh boy, so a couple <laughs> of them that you will often see, you may even hear those, are creating scarcity. Um, I don't like to use that term. I think that one is definitely that fine line, but I also see the importance of helping to demonstrate urgency and helping to uncover why someone should take that action sooner rather than later, right? We don't want them to take forever to make that buying decision. However, that there's a fine line for you to respect your buyer's process because everyone has their own process. So some people will buy sooner than others. So you definitely have to watch that one. We've probably all heard FOMO, fear of missing out. So people are, Mm -hmm. how do you create that FOMO? Um, I think sometimes people on the odd, the, the wrong side of this equation, if you will, will be just dishonest in their marketing. So we don't wanna do that. But then again, that that relates to urgency. How do you communicate that and really get people excited to take that next step versus taking their time, mulling it over, sleeping on it for seven years. Like you want them to move forward because you wanna work with them and you wanna be able to obviously close sales and move forward. I think the other one is, um, it's just when you talk about connecting emotionally um, I know we talked a lot about emotions today, but I've seen that where it's been done manipulatively. Um, people have just really shared some things where it has rubbed people the wrong way or just driven them to a place that was just like, eh, you know, that doesn't really feel good. So when you're thinking about psychological tricks, if you will, you want to think about operating in integrity. We talked about that a lot today already. But then also respecting your buyer. I get that we wanna close sales. Sales is the lifeblood of a company, but we also wanna have that respect because to Gabriel's point, when you're looking at your overall customer journey, if they have a bad experience, even if they are a customer, they won't be a customer long. So you definitely wanna have that respect for them. You wanna treat them well and make sure that they have an excellent experience so that they will wanna not only experience it again, but then share it with others.
2: And Gabriel.
4: Interestingly, the the, the is important to in terms of the urgency particularly from a sales perspective so yeah you, you may have a marketing campaign that is more sales driven than brand awareness driven for argument's sake so you may need that urgency you may need two weeks for the offer or 20 percent off for one week only those activities are fine right um and they're not i wouldn't consider them tricks i would just call consider them special offers so to speak however um, the, 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 challenge is if that, if a, if a client or a customer is claiming that offer and there are challenges in claiming it or there are challenges in the service journey itself, when that comes up again, a month from now, you're having another campaign. Um, they won't be so inclined to respond to that offer if the service journey and Nadia mentioned it does, well. if the service journey wasn't conducive and again, you know how people nowadays they have no patience. They have not. They, they, they click the experience. Three seconds of issues, and they're gone to another site. So, which is why, the, which is why I stress the fall off rate and the service journey. It's critical to ensure that it's great to have that, um, that trigger, right? That that trigger response. You want that hook. Got that? Hundred percent. You do want to ensure that. You know, somebody scrolling through, browsing through, and they say, you know, 50% off for one day only, right away, automatically, that is clickbait, right? However, if at that point you're asking them to fill out, you know, 10 fields of information to, to complete, there's no way, you know, and that kind of service journey, then it's, it would be a, a deterrent. So the idea from my side is also, and I have a theory, it takes three campaigns to make brand impact. Not one. Mm-hmm. One campaign is good. Oh, it's a nice campaign, good brand, blah, blah, blah. but you to me you have to get to three good campaigns back to back to have deep-seated continuous impact in your customer base. So, so to back up these campaigns, you're talking about see so a campaign, I respond, I get a good experience. So once you've had three campaigns and three clients, customers experience that three times back to back guaranteed you have a solid customer base you have a loyal customer base and that's kind of the target how do you ensure you have three strong messages back to back and the service journey the 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 the, the smoothness the easy navigation the usability of your service journey to ensure that your product is delivered the service delivered or is accessed easily because you know people these days um i mean Mind you you, you, you will like a brand and you'll go on and the brand resonates with you or for whatever the case. It may be a non-for-profit, it may be a, but there are many individuals who just don't have the time or they just don't have the patience anymore. And uh, we just have to be the fall-off rate um, and the throughput that we have to measure. And it's also critical as well. It's a data world now. So we have to measure at the point of entry of your campaign to the point of, you know, what's your output and where are your fall-off points. And a lot of the times when you look at, okay, you click through it, maybe high, but you find that you follow up points, you're losing a lot of potential sales down the line. And that's not necessarily at the point of the sale, that's just engaging, that's just the customer journey of getting the information, whether through the app or through the website, et cetera. So that part is also part of the brand experience And and that is my, you know, that's my, one of my anchors that I hold to.
2: Yes, um, and I have lots more questions, but there's also someone, an audience member who is listening in, um, Keeley, I know she has a question, it's Tishana Mullings, I'm going to invite Tishana to share a little bit about herself, and then go ahead and ask away her question, welcome Tishana. Hi, thank you, Henika. I've been enjoying the discourse, hi everybody, I'm Tishana Mullings,
0: I'm a social entrepreneur running Next Step Lifelong Educational Services, running training consultancies over the past decade or so and involving young people in that process so they can get apprenticeship experiences. Now, you know, as a small business, I also engage with the sales process and I've watched customers moving through the user journey and I've seen where I've made different pitfalls and also many wins. And as I was listening to both of you, I thought even when you are engaging your customers with the most integrity sometimes somebody can make a decision like if they say 20 percent and it's only for a week and they probably use the last funding that was supposed to be for something else that's really pivotal to their survival so sometimes even without trying to manipulate or trick customers sometimes end up in a trap is there? Anyway, way or any suggestions that you'd make about caring for your customer, even as it walks through customer serve, um, the customer journey to make decisions.
4: You want me to go, Nanda? I can go ahead. Yes. For, me, for me, I think, for me, I think um, as it relates to, you do have to maintain integrity in your message because in truth, even if you, you say, you put out a sales campaign and you say 30% off, right? and um in fine print and this is something that person does when fine print you say, for two weeks only and only for items over 500 dollars, things like that you know um i think we have to be very upfront with customers or potential customers a lot of the time they will respond anyway and that's the that's the thing it's almost like we're self-eliminating and we don't realize that you are affecting the credibility of your message on your brand if you had just said Thirty percent of items above five they We're going to look on the side and see what items are above five hundred. So you still get that response and that engagement. A lot of the times, you have to be careful of what, who, how we're self eliminating and, and what our expectations are because we're, we're we're trying to say we want all customers to respond. But the reality is, if this is what you can offer, then that there's a target group that will find that offer attractive. So you know, keep it, keep it, keep it real.
0: And And to answer the question, as Doc Doc responds um, to the question, let us say it's really not right for a customer um, at this time. Uh, What do you think about being honest uh, to say, you know what, I know it's 20% off, it's only one week, but it may not be a good time for you based
5: on the situation that you're explaining. What do you think about that? I think, you know, saying something similar to what you just said. So there there are a couple of things, though. Sometimes we offer... Um, products or services or ways to work with us, and we don't engage in conversation with the buyer. So they could go to a page, they can click, and they can enter their credit card information. And so we have a little bit less control over that. But if you do have the opportunity to speak with that person, um, and you pick up on those cues that, you know what, this isn't a great fit for them, say it. There's no harm in saying, you know what, this is not, based on what you share, I don't feel that this is the right time for you to take this step. If there's another way that they can work with you, feel free to offer that. But I think, you know, there is that space where we can say, and I've said it, I'm like, I don't think you should do this. Now, ultimately, they have the choice, um, but I don't think that you should make this choice right now based on what you've shared. Um, some tips if you're not necessarily engaging in conversation, or to Gabriel's point, to help people self select, you can add additional language like, you know, be sure to invest responsibly. Um, You know, this is a significant investment, Um, so you want to make sure that this isn't going to cause a a financial hardship for you and your family. Um, There's nothing wrong with that. But ultimately, we're adults. We're business owners. Sometimes, you know, we take risks um, and they don't always work out in our favor. And the the other thing I want to caution against, Tashana, is taking over responsibility for our clients and customers and how they figure these things out in their finances. So that's also a fine line that people figure it out. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, but we can do our part and, you know, having those conversations, adding that additional verbiage and when it just doesn't feel right or feels off, speaking up and saying so.
4: And and, and and let me jump in here. And it's a brilliant point you mentioned in terms of if you say to a client or a customer, say, you know what, this may not be the best option for you right there, you're developing so much trust and loyalty. And I can guarantee you, they will repeat that message to 234 persons in terms of your credibility. And and that's a part of your brand essence as well. So things like that are very, very important. I mean, I mean, there there are a lot of times you have aggressive entrepreneurs who will try and get the business by any means necessary. But a lot of the times you have to be careful how it damages your brand and, and your repeat business so you may be successful for two years because you're aggressive on it da, da, da. but if you if if the, you lose credibility after each engagement then you kind of wiping out know, your target group over time so you have to be very careful of how credible your messages and just be and just be very very upfront and loyal to even persons who are not your current customers or client and i think that's a critical point that dr Brown made
2: all yeah. right um love that thank you for your question tishana and thanks for the responses so i'm going to to gabriel and nadia i am going to uh, describe a scenario and i want you to tell me if it's a trick or a treat so i actually had a guest um on the entrepreneur review and we we're talking about some you know uh I, I don't remember what the topic was but he shared and and of course let I me mean, just make a um shout out to nadia again for being uh, I guess on the Entrepreneurial you, yeah.
5: <laughs>
2: so I, I was kind of, because I didn't want to di- divert, I did not take, you know, do a follow-up question. But he typically explains that he, sometimes what the company does is intentionally make a slip-up, make a fall-up. And mm-hmm. so they can quote-unquote correct the problem after and the customer sees how, wonderful of a job they do and stuff like that. So so I want you to argue, based on your position in this conversation thus far, Nadia and Gabriel, is that a trick or is it a treat? Because at the end of the day, the customer smiles. Hmm.
4: (sighs) (laughs) I I don't know how to respond to to it. Um,
5: Oh my gosh. I would I'm say that is a trick. Yeah. <laughs> personally, <laughs> I can only speak personally. I feel that it definitely is airing on the side of manipulation. Yeah. Um, I get that we want to be able to demonstrate it. But to, even to Gabriel's point, you know, you want to provide, you do your best to provide an excellent customer journey and not have to deal with customer service issues. And so it's almost annoying. And I think it, it damages your brain when people figure out that you're playing games, essentially. And so I would say it's a trick, and I would also say it's more manipulation than influence.
4: Yes, definitely, I'm 100%. Agree. Even though exactly. the customer wins? I'm,
2: I'm just putting that out the,
4: there. But the customer, so what about the scenario where um, the customer never had any issue at all? The customer wins outright there. You know, you don't have to, well, you don't have to. That
2: argument trumps mine, like, immediately. <laughs>
4: in other words you don't have to show that you have great service by you know right? Um, you know but but these are the things that I think desperation drives um, business entities to do and it's not always it's not the best approach at all the reality is focus on the brand message and your customer experience just that 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 service not just the customer experience for when they're about to purchase as in click but up to that point is very very critical you know and that may even be a telephone call as opposed to a an, an mobile app it may be a one two three four telephone call so it is it's, it's ensuring that that, that 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 engagement is tight and your message resonates you know
2: mm-hmm. All yeah. right, so um Nadia, as has been saying Jamaica. Let me just explain this for you. Enough said, right? So meaning yeah. enough. <laughs> enough
5: said. I was thinking like my granny would say, do it right the first time. Like, don't go and create drama. <laughs> All right. So um, as we
2: as we wrap, what I want you both to do, you've been such um great sport. You know, I really enjoyed this episode, Gabriel Heron and Dr. Nadia Brown, and of course, for and Mullians for asking your question and as we wrap this conversation this you know this course which has been going so well i believe i just want you to give you know um close off with giving us some tips for our business listeners or you know our listeners who are trying to figure out how do i get this marketing thing right so in terms of the one the customer journey and the sales funnel so gabriel of course you you are big on the customer journey and nadia you're talking about the the sales slash marketing funnel so give us your best tips so that or entrepreneurs or business owners can
5: um, level up in their businesses go ahead nadia so i would say you know first of all be clear on who it is that you want to work with sometimes with when you're leading up and building out your sales funnel we're just trying to get everybody and their grandma in the funnel so be clear on who it is that you want to work with and then also be clear on the benefits or how they'll be different as a result of working with you and your company Um, Because that is really great in helping them to connect the dots. Because to Gabriel's point, there are a lot of people out there. There's a lot of noise in the marketplace. How do you stand out? As you're putting together and taking people through your sales funnel, you can really start to qualify them and get clear on, this is my ideal person. And then they also get to know, is this my ideal company? And can they help me? Um, Definitely you know, sharing your values, being willing to share stories, client testimonials, client results. So that people can be able to experience that and see themselves in it, Um, depending on your company, even being able to do demos or how tos and showing people, you know, an experience with you or your product, even through YouTube videos. And then I think it came up earlier. Just don't be desperate when it comes to sales. Don't allow that desperation that sometimes comes up, that pressure that we have to close the sales at at any expense to be the driver when you're having those conversations with your prospects. You really want to be about them, position yourself as a strategic ally, and then focus on those relationships because ultimately that will help drive your sales.
4: Okay, so my thoughts are um, spend the extra time to to be creative. Um, A lot of times, a lot of effort is put into developing marketing campaigns and getting them out there. And not enough time is spent on really developing a, a strong creative campaign a witty campaign that resonates that's one that's the first thing because you have to stand out right keep your message simple and to your targeted audience so you clearly have to establish okay this is my target group what simple message is even if it's something like two words a simple message that you know Will resonate with their target audience. If I'm selling car tires and I, and I'm saying my, my, my group is black rubber to the world, I don't know. But in other words, a, a, a message that will automatically resonate with your target group, right? Um. So, and then finally, finally, you have to develop your brand story, your brand experience through social media. That, that is the way to go now. There's no way. And whether it is that you're one of those, you know. Um, extroverts that just walk around every day, and you you have a social media page. But believe it or not, if you're that kind of person, that's an advantage. Now, everybody is willing to do that, but you need to generate your brand story, your customer stories, your engagement stories. So, persons, you develop credibility behind your brand, so people are actually seeing the service journey, the sales journey, the success stories of your brand of your entity. Um, and so, so even if you have one or two a week try and represent them and again there's this thing in marketing and in 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 video called post production post production can do wonders in terms of delivering that customer journey that sales journey that 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 story that we want to really get persons to engage in and for them to resonate with the brand that's awesome sauce
2: all right. So finally, where can our listeners get in touch with you? Go right ahead and sell yourself.
4: <laughs> oh wow! I didn't know I had that side of it. So. <laughs> Go ahead, Dr. Ron, you first.
5: You can learn more about us at the um, and I am a, I am Dr. Nadia on most social media platforms.
4: Well, uh, you can contact me on LinkedIn, um, Gabriel Heron, uh, VP Marketing at JamPro. You can look me up and you can contact me. Send me a a message and I'm glad to respond to any queries, interests, etc. That's the best place to contact me, actually.
2: Excellent. I love this. Fantastic. Thank you both, Dr. Nadia Brown and Gabriel Heron, for being my guests today. And of course, on the Mullings, for your question. I really appreciate the time that you have spent with me. And I trust that, you know, our audience members would have gained some insight into their marketing as they, you know, listened and they took notes, I hope. So thanks, thanks, thanks. Thank you, my Uh, Listeners, amazing listeners for tuning in to Your Business Matters, a production of Exim Bank Jamaica in partnership with me, Henneka watkins supporter of the Entrepreneurial You podcast. We trust that this episode, it actually sheds some light on your marketing strategies and marketing strategies rather for your business and that you can level up after you have listened to this episode. Remember to join us next week for another insightful episode as we help you to move closer to your business goals. To stay in touch or to learn more about Exim Bank, visit EximBankJA.com. In the meantime, subscribe to our podcast via your favorite podcast app, Your Business Matters, bringing the matters to the table because your business matters. As you continue to mind your own business, I leave you with a quote from Andrew Davis. Content builds trust. Relationships are built on trust. Trust drives revenue. Please do take care.